Hello out there. This is Pamela Fagan Hutchins and this is Wine, Women and Writing, the show where I talk with other writers like the one on that side of me. There she is. Um, and we primarily focus on their really awesome, authentic female characters, but we do talk about the guys as well. They're all right with us. Um, this is, hold on, I'm even going to put it for those of you that are watching on video. This is a solely owned and copyrighted production of Authors on the Air Radio, Global Radio Network. All hail Pam Stack, she from whom all blessings flow, our wonderful producer. Uh, if you want to watch past shows, if you want to prepare for upcoming shows, if you did this and prepared for Changing the Rules by Catherine Bybee, you're ready for today, go out and check the page on my website for the podcast. And that's where you'll find all of the good stuff, including my new release, Snaggletooth. If you haven't picked up Snaggletooth, it won't hurt my feelings if you do. Enough of that. Let's talk about the good stuff. The good stuff today is Catherine Bybee. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Hey, this reminds me of what was the what was the show? Uh, was it uh, the, the where they had all of the the dots? Where the oh my gosh, I'm oh losing gosh. it. Um, it, it well, it Brady wasn't Brady Bunch. Brady it Bunch. Was, uh, was it the Brady Bunch? It was the Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch had it, and then there was a celebrity show. It was a game show. Yes, yes, them. yes. I don't remember that one either. But yeah, so. As you can tell, Catherine and I are not on East Coast time. It is nine o'clock in the morning where I am. What about you, Catherine? Eight o'clock in the morning where I am. Cool. And it's, I'm a diva. I'm not even out of bed at this point. <laughs> we we confess to each other that we're not actually 100% appropriately dressed for prime time right now. I am in my pajama pants. I will not. There we go. Yoga, I got yoga pants on. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just lucky that both of us have our coffee and um, and that we're alert. Cool. <laughs> so are you on a writing deadline right now? Are you? Um, no, I'm actually right in between. I just finished up dev edits on the third book in this series and I'm about ready to start and dive into a new series. So I'm actually in between books. So oh, that's, that's nice. It's like a vacation. But do you find that you immediately are thinking, OK, enough vacation? Time to start the next book. I'm usually thinking that about halfway through the book I'm writing. So that's kind of <laughs> the characters in my head start talking and it's, it's a little bipolar. <laughs> it's a little confusing. Gets, <laughs> gets a little stressful. So now this series, and we're here talking today about this, which is for you, mm -hmm. a new series. So yeah. can can you can you give us the elevator pitch? Can you kick it off for us? The elevator pitch is this is a little um, a little a little reason a little bit of why this happened is because COVID hit and I was watching a lot of reruns and so there was a little Twenty One Jump Street meets Charlie's Angels. I love it. Well, right, and so yeah. that's my elevator pitch. This is Twenty One Jump Street meets Charlie's Angels meets Catherine Bybee meets COVID because you're stuck yeah. watching all that, right? <laughs> um, and then you throw in, I've had um, two very um, successful series that I just couldn't, I, I don't like to let my characters die. So um, yeah. when you read the Weekday Bride series, there's some characters that just kind of fall in love and, and I can't let them go. And so, and then they fall into the Weekday Bride, or from the Weekday Brides, they go into the First Wives series. And then there was a couple of characters that were like, I need to write their stories, but those series were done and dusted and now it was time to start into some new ones. So that's how it all kind of evolved. Yeah, it, it sounds like it was quite a plan. <laughs> it wasn't really a plan, it was just like, and so that's just how it happened. And and are you a planner? 
are you a pantser? 100% pantser. You just let them, you let those characters come and do a takeover and- Yeah, yeah. Someone I heard just recently, I don't write any farther than my, the headlights of my car. That's nice. Yeah, yeah I like that. that. Okay, well. <laughs> and that's very true. I really don't. Sometimes I'll see the ending, but not very often. Some people, some people are like, "Oh, I thought it was this person." I'm like, you know, I did too. <laughs> I thought that one was a bad guy. I'm like, I did too. <laughs> oh my god, it was so crazy, and then it wasn't them. <laughs> so with this, with this new series, the Richter series, it's yeah. based around. Well, here's the Charlie part, a security company that sends yeah. out these, um, right. these assignments for, in this case, here's the angels part, this beautiful Claire, who right. is the, your 21 Jump Street um, right. character. Right, the 21 Jump Street element was because she was just young enough. And I liked it because... They Claire and Jax and a lot of these girls grew up and they they were in a Richter, which was a uh, a military style boarding school that was based in Germany, which came came from and was brought up in the first Wives series. And I really, <clears throat> I never really flushed. I flushed it out in the series, but I loved the concept of it. I had come up with it again on the fly um, while I was writing that series. And I realized that there, when I was writing that series, Richter, there was, there is no such thing as a military style boarding school in Germany at post-World War. There, there is none, period, even to the staff yeah. I recommend and what, what my research had done. So I had made this clandestine, amazing, you know, whatever thing that was underground. And so to make that, and so then when I put her in a American high school and gave her American experiences in an American high school, it was just great fun. And she's got this phenomenal brain and not to diss on American public education, but the reality is European education is really superior. And uh, especially when you throw in different languages, I mean, people take a second language early on and, and I made it I just blew it up like they have three or four languages, which is not uncommon in Europe. So I just really went with that. You throw in some weapons and some special ops and what have you and bada bing, bada boom. I just threw it out there. <laughs> I love the idea too, that you have that, the, the these characters from a boarding school where they were younger uh -huh. and now you've aged them up. Uh -huh. And you're putting them back in school again. Yeah. So you get a little bit of a what would happen later. And you get a little bit of a, oh, my gosh, what would happen if we threw them in American high school? Right. And so you've got all these different ways to play with Claire and right. with her becoming more mature, with her falling in love right. uh, when she's not supposed to be because she's supposed to be a teenage girl. I actually loved that element that she's a grown up in love with her track coach who right. has to pretend that she's not because she's pretending to be a teenage girl. Right. It's, it's kind of awesome. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little YA and it's not yet. It's not mm -hmm. um, throw in those young characters, which was kind of fun. I'm an empty nester in life. So it's kind of, it was kind of fun to bring my kids back into play and bring back yeah. some of that high school drama that you dealt with when your kids were around. And um, especially during COVID. And I, 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 dedicated the entire book to the class of 2020 because those poor kids lost out on all so much of their high school experience. Wow. And I just, I felt so bad for them. And I, um, and it was fun for me to reminisce in that time and, and um, to write it. And so I'm really hoping that, that, that the readers remind, you know, just experience that and, and um, enjoy that. And, you know, I, I don't know. I really, I loved writing it. I hope that the readers enjoy reading it as much as I enjoyed 
just the experience of it and just the sassiness of a of a grown woman who doesn't does you know who goes back to high school and you know shows up <laughs> shows everything up. Does the stuff that we wish that we could have done when we were in high school, you know? If you could have a do-over, right? If you could smart off to that homeroom teacher and and yet she is constantly trying to rein herself in just a little bit so as not to draw too much attention to herself. And yet that inner desire, right? <laughs> to be, you know, like, dude, I can smoke you on this subject. Like, don't even start with me on this subject. <laughs> the times that she's, yeah, to be that confident woman to go back and rescue that teenage girl from the time when she didn't stick up for herself, you know? Right. Very right. cool. And at the same time, at the same time, the very serious subject of human trafficking. And that was that was the the twist, right? The twist of the whole thing. Because you have to have a reason that they really care enough to go through high school again, right? But uh what drew you to writing about human trafficking? Because that's a tough one. It's a very emotionally charged, current, awful topic. One of the things that I think that is true to my books is I try to put in something important in um, our life. I don't like, I, I like to write about real life events that happen in our world. Not, I like romance to be in that. I want to influx those things. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I don't think that many of my books just have just the romance and maybe a misunderstanding that keeps the hero and the heroine apart. I don't care to really read that. Those great, I have read those books and sometimes they're a great escape and I love them and don't get me wrong, but I don't really write them very often. Um, and in this case, I, um, I, I wanted to write a subject and, and, and make it, obviously I needed some espionage because there's, there's the element of the Charlie's angels. Um, and there had to be a reason and it needed to be bigger than um, than life, not bigger than life. I wanted it to be life. I made it bigger than life because I added a different element with the outside of of, of just the um, the local element, because the local element would be the local gang element that 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 pulls in the human trafficking. I am literally 15 miles from the border of Mexico and San Diego. And there's a lot of human trafficking that comes across the border deaths right down here. And, but that gets pulled in or they get farmed out. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of research that I did right here, but the reason I think I pull, pushed in human trafficking is because it's not, it's just not talked about and it is so prevalent and mm -hmm. just, and, and people just don't understand how easy it is. Um, it happens and it happens because of the selfie generation because of this and, and this can be this is a computer and it's so easily it can so easily screw up people's lives so use it wisely parents pay attention it, it, it allows just anybody that um, your child comes into um, contact with either online or not to come into your home 24 seven. When I it really grabbed me by the way, that this is about human trafficking. A few years ago, I did a um, certification course to be a volunteer with um, girls that have been human trafficked that were minors into prostitution. And it was one of the biggest shakeups of my life. It was, mm -hmm. I literally was in physical trauma after the week of volunteering because it was so horrific. You're sitting next to a woman who's volunteering because she'd been trafficked. And on the other side of you, a woman whose child has just been trafficked out of her middle school band room. And, you know, and it, you realize it's everywhere. It's in my community. It's not just 
immigrants, it's kids from a nice school or kids, you know, et cetera, like in your book. And so it all rang so true to me. And I, I appreciated you tackling it because you get involved with this topic. Right. It affects you. It's, it makes yeah. you think it's hard to write about. It is hard to write about, but it is, it, I think it's necessary to write about. I hope I made it um, relatable. I think I, I think yeah. I hate on um, all of the true factors of it. I did make some things very ex bigger than life. Um, the, the, the mob elephant element, but those are, those things happen as well. Yeah. Um, that was a little bit more um, out there because of the element of Richter and the girls and what they're capable of doing and then pulling them the Charlie's angels part. So, but the reality is it happens and it happens all the time and it happens in every community rich or poor and it happens with rich and poor because the reality is there are a lot of girls and boys out there and i say girls and boys because it happens with the young not just the older and we look at it as, as adult we look at the at the 20 year old and we think oh well, they're just a prostitute like no if they started at 16 that's not what it is sorry no, into that life, they didn't get a choice when they reached what you would think of as their choice age. Right. So, right. It, right. We we could talk about this for like hours, and I would get really excited. And I do want to mention that you have a follow up in the series that's coming out on its heels. So it's this summer, right? Right, July. Yeah, The Thin Disguise would be Olivia's book who you just get a glimpse of, you know, she's in the background. And of course, I won't want to give it away because it's a spoiler if I do who her hero is, but there is a, the FBI agent and the assassin, what could possibly go wrong there? Nothing, nothing's perfect. <laughs> How does that work? And then Max's book, of course, is the last one, which will come at the end of the year. And then are you going to leave this series behind and move on to something else? Or uh, do you leave that ended, oh, ended open? Ended open? That worked. <laughs> ended open, open-ended. That'll work. Uh, I left it open in case this series is one of those things where people start clamoring for. You never really know when the first book yeah. comes out if it's clamored for. Um, I left it open. I could certainly continue. Um, I can always continue a series if, in fact, uh, it does that. I am going to start up a new series based here in San Diego, um, a little less espionage so a little bit more family, a little, maybe some even deeper, not deeper subjects necessarily, but some family subjects uh, yeah. that might uh, pull in a different uh, thought process because I like those women'sy fiction-y kind of stuff as well. So, and I like to, I'd like to dabble in two different series if I can, um, if my readership asks for it, so. Now, in looking back over all of the different series you've written, you really, you've dabbled in more than just a couple of subjects. We've got shape shifters, time travelers, yeah. et cetera. And do you ever see yourself writing in any of those more fantastical type of um, I to. again? I would love to. If the world comes full circle, it's like anything, you know, when you stop writing in those, those worlds, it's not because you don't want to write in those worlds. It's because the readership doesn't um, get you to pay your bills in those worlds. Exactly. <laughs> the only reality of I'm a writer that has to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I like food and I like to travel and I like food and to travel in places that are expensive. So <laughs> forgive me. Yeah, exactly. I, have, I have, there's a sixth book in a series that my, my readers have been begging for for years. And I'm like, I want to write it. It's been a, 
this has been a challenging few years for me personally. So I haven't had the opportunity and I'm actually slowing down a little bit right now. Cause I literally, I did the math. I've done 19 full length novels in the last six years of my life. And in that six years, I've gotten a divorce, a fire, a flood, empty nest. My father's been ill. I've had a lot of personal drama. Catherine trauma. deserves a little bit of a respite. I, I need my <laughs> little eat, pray, love year. Someone had said, you know, there wasn't that much, you know, sexy time in this last book. I'm like, Bybee is single and 2020 was really hard to date. All right. <laughs> I kind of forgot what it looked like. I don't really remember in a while. <laughs> and if it had been sexier, it'd been just like taunting. Like I know the rest of you were locked down and miserable, but. Right. My assistant's pregnant with her sixth child. I realized it wasn't all just non-fun and games. <laughs> for Me on the other hand. Yeah, that's funny. Um, and so the the one that's coming after this, a little bit more women's fictiony. This sounds fun to me to be able to take it and saying, I'm gonna do, you know, espionage thrillery, Charlie's Angels meets Jump Streak, and then I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do a little more Jody Pakoish, and you know, you just yeah. boom, boom. That's the way to do it. It is. If I can and I've been pulling that off now for for about eight, nine years, you know, really, I guess maybe more like 10 years I've been writing this way and I love it. Like, I remember the very first time I pitched more women's fiction to my publisher and they're like, we don't know. And I'm like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's happy. It's awesome. <laughs> based in a small town in Oregon. And that is my most likely two series. And that is still on the charts. That still does really, really well. And my readers, absolutely adore it and i to the, mean mean that my friends that i based those books off of back in the days when you could label kids most likely to succeed and most like those those yeah. books do incredibly well so yeah let me do it What's so now, okay, before i let you go um i i was really really intrigued and i think that my listeners and viewers will be too about what an interesting background your bio throws out there to tease us with that you came to Southern California with a dream to wait tables. No, I'm kidding. Um, to uh, that was my reality, not my dream. <laughs> but you were seeking the Hollywood route, the the film star and right. totally thespian. Yes, yes. And then totally changed course and went into a caregiving, uh, you know, nursing yeah. could be more different, although not from waitressing, you know, <laughs> yeah. but did, you enjoy, did you enjoy your years um, in the medical field? Love my years in the medical field. It really wasn't that hard of a transition. I went from, I really wanted to be a, an actress. I was an actress. I am an actress. You can tell that if you've ever seen me in front of a group of people, I love it. I love being on stage. I can, I can, I can, I can sell ice to an Eskimo. I really can. Uh, I, I deliver a great story. I'm a great storyteller. Um, so that doesn't stop. Even though I am not on stage in a, in a role of somebody else's care, I do that in my work. So I still yeah. am not actress. I just put it on paper now. Um, and then I did get higher waiting tables. And so I needed to get a job that was gonna pay money. And I remember once I was teaching aerobics and I was I was a weight loss counselor at Jenny Craig and I was taking a um, CPR class and someone said, you know, you do that really well. You should go back to nursing school. And I'm like, what do they make? 
Okay, I'll go to nursing school. Kid you not, that's how I went to nursing school. I went to nursing school, got my got my degree, went to nursing school, and then I spent the next you know 15 years of my life working in the ER, and then um, and got hurt on the job, and then I was like. I, I couldn't work. It was going to take seven years and two surgeries to get better. And I'm, I'm sitting on my computer doing nothing and you know, raising kids, but not working. And I just like, Oh God, I can't, I can't do this. This is not who I am. And then I started writing and I'm like, maybe I could do this. Literally changed my Maybe, maybe she could. I feel like that she's been at the top of every bestseller chart that there is. I mean, if it's been invented, the Catherine's been at the top of it. So this whole moving around amorphous between careers and genres, girl, it's working for you. You know, I've always said, what's the worst thing that could happen? They can say no. Well, they're not going to say yes if I don't try. Exactly. That's and I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't, I think that the worst thing that anybody can do is say no for them. There's going to be enough people out there that are going to say no for you. Say yes to yourself first. Yes. I love it. And that's how we're going to end that because you couldn't have said anything better. That's going to be, that's going to be the blurb on this one. Um, so thank you for oh, being here. Let's do this again. And yeah, absolutely. It's fun. And I really enjoyed the book, by the way. I should have said that up front. So, it was great. I loved it. And you guys will too out there. So you go out, grab yourself a copy of Changing the Rules by Catherine Bybee. It's the first book in her new Richter series. And there's going to be at least two more. So you're going to get the payoff. It's going to be good. And, um, and then after you've done that, that's your first assignment. Go out there, check out the uh, past shows, be ready for our next show. Frankly, I haven't even looked it up yet. So, so sue me. Go look yourself and see who's on next. I, I, I God, this is terrible. And uh, yeah, and while you're out there, grab some of the Kindle Unlimited books that you can read to your heart's content, mine or somebody else's. And we'll check you back here in two weeks for the next episode of Wine, Women and Writing. You guys read a good book. Bye, Catherine. Thank you.